Hey, Aftergrads, welcome back to yet another episode of the Aftergrad podcast, a show where we unpack the Aftergrad journey. I'm Robert Kane, AKA Classy Kane, photographer, marketer, and recent graduate of Claremont McKenna College. Hi guys, my name is Victoria. I'm currently undergoing personal research with aspirations to become a venture capitalist with a focus in fashion in the East Asian realm. And with that journey, I'm currently undergoing some interviews and application processes and just telling people, as I was saying in the last episode, my current situation of telling my story confidently, though it's extremely complex. And I feel like sometimes people may not understand the vision. I am now putting myself out there. And in the midst of that, I have to start. Claps for that. Claps for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But in the midst of that, I have to start preparing for these interviews. Right. Because you've submitted a few applications recently. I have. For some positions. Some of them I'm super excited about. Like they actually speak to who I am. I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my God. They're describing me. And, you know, when I first graduated and I was applying, I I sent out my first round of applications. It was to positions that as I was reading the description, I was like, "Mm, I can be that for them. That's a part of me. But it wasn't all of who you are. Yeah. And so these last applications in preparation for like the spring term have really just embodied all my different facets. And so I'm like, oh. This it's is exciting. me. This, this is, is me. you. This is me. This is me. Right. You, you want me. You're describing me. I think I'll be exactly. the best person for you. So I actually really hyped about it. And how many applications have you submitted so uh, far? Five. 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 Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's going to go well. They would be crazy not to want to hire you. Honestly, so. I don't. You don't have to say it. That's why I'm saying it for you. You can just receive the compliment, receive the praise and just sit comfortably because they're going to get back to you. Yeah, I know yeah. it for sure. Mm-hmm. But one thing, as you know, you guys may have heard in the last episode is that both of us enjoy watching interviews and something that I heard often from the array of people we were hearing from is know your worth, know your value. Right. And it's nothing cocky at all just to know what you bring to the table. Exactly. And so I feel like I'm bringing something to the table and I actually have something to show for myself that proves that I can do and handle the things that they would require me to do. And what better way to bring in the new year with submitting some applications and preparing for new positions, new experiences. Exactly. But as we prepare for the new experiences, we got to reflect a little bit. This is our last episode of the year. It says that as if we've been posting all year round. (laughs) Right. Thank you for sticking with us for three episodes and a trailer. We appreciate the love. Baby steps, baby (laughs) steps. So let's do a little bit of reflection. Let's do it. I have a question for you, for us, for the Aftergrad podcast. As we move into this new year, can you tell me the overall lesson that has that you learned from 2020, 2021, um, and how that's going to help you propel into your next season for yourself, whether that be for your goals, whether that be for your visions, you know, yeah. what, what do you feel like the overarching lesson that lesson, like yeah. really changed who you are, refined mm-hmm. who you who you are. Yeah, no, great question. And I think that I've learned a few lessons, many important lessons, especially as we embark on this aftergrad journey together. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about Fulbright, and that honestly was the first lesson that I wanted to harp on, and I'm still going to harp on it. Basically, I was very fortunate in undergrad to be able to have a lot of experiences given to me from the hard work that I was putting in. And so Fulbright was one of those experiences that I didn't receive after submitting an application and I really, really wanted it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the hard lesson there was that 
no matter how confident you are in your story, no matter how confident you are in the value that you bring, you really can know your worth. But then sometimes other people might not want to validate your worth that you see internally for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what that, do you do with that? What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. And so I think the lesson is for me, accept it and move forward. And I really like what you had to say last episode about what can you do to make this moment comfortable? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really speaks to what the aftergrad moment is, what adulting really means. It's about finding ways to make moments comfortable so that you can continue being your best self and showing up for yourself and the other people that you care about. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I want to internalize and take with me moving into 2022 mm-hmm. is just remembering ways that I have made previous moments of setback comfortable mm-hmm. and leveraging that yeah. in my future endeavors. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Definitely. What about, what about you? For me, it's it kind of plays with what you were saying, um, but I'm going to have to start. I, I always think to the very first month of the year because that to me always sets the tone of the theme And I started off with doing like a speech and I really, it kind of happened off whim. Um, I wasn't expecting to do it. Like the person who they had lined up uh, dropped out. I don't even know the specifics of it, but I was like, I, this is not me. You know, I feel like this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I specialize in and I will do everything in my power or anything I engage myself in to, you know, uplift that side of me. And so I really got out of my shell and just said, okay. And just said yes. And did something that I typically wouldn't do or I hadn't done in a very long time. Um, and just tried something new Mm -hmm. basically is what I'm trying to say. I tried something new and with doing that, I learned a different part of myself. And so I kind of wanted to keep that thing consistent throughout the remaining of this particular year. Um, 2020 was the year where I recognized that not everything in my plans will work out, but 2021 was the year that I realized trying new things, even though I didn't even think of them for myself, um, can bring out a different side of me and make me discover a new side of me that you're familiar Mm -hmm. with that I'm currently getting into. It's kind of private to me though. So I won't be sharing it right now. Now later, for a later moment. Yeah, yeah, but moving forward, I into February, March, April, continuing, continuing, I just made an effort to try something new every month. Tulum was a moment, was doing something new. Uh, With someone that we had, we hadn't even spoken to each other. I know that they already know that, yeah. but still, it was just so crazy for us. Right, to right, right. Applying to journey. Fulbright. Yeah, that was something new for me as well. Every month I tried to put myself in something I would not see for myself. And every time I did that, when I tell you I learned a new passion or I learned a new interest, it's crazy. So this month, we even had the chance to do something new together. We did an improv class. We did. Oh, <laughs> you signed me up, by the way. I, I didn't even know where we were said, going. You were like, hey, by hey, the way. We're, um, you know, mark your book. What are you doing at 18? Nothing. All right, <laughs> we're going to an improv class. I was like, oh, really? Is yeah. that what we're doing? Let's try it. And at first I was a little apprehensive, but goodness, I'm so grateful that we went because it just unlocked a performative side of myself that I feel like sometimes takes a back seat, but it was just so great to be able to try something that kind of scared me a lot, Yeah, (laughs) but it was so much fun nonetheless. Yeah. In a, in a good way, it was, it exhausted me Yeah, in a good way. Like it really had my brain working. And by the time we were done, 
I was so tired. I was like, oh my God, I could take a good nap right now. But I think it was really difficult for me or like an exercise for me, honestly, is because I'm very, I'm extreme mechanical person sometimes. I'm really in my own head a lot of the times. And I'm just trying to try something that can get myself out of my head. So, and it can even apply to interviews, like moving down the road, just thinking off whim and not overthinking and just trusting what your brain already has within to just let it flow. And that was a great exercise for that. Because even in the interview process, we do all this work to prepare for the interview after we've submitted a job application and you try and anticipate, okay, what questions are they going to ask me? What type of tone are they going to, are they going to give for this? What do they need to hear from me? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can prepare but then you're hit with questions that you didn't <laughs> expect. And so now you got to improv all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You have experiences to lean on, but now you have to bring them to the forefront. You have to. And that can be a very nerve wracking moment, exactly. nerve wracking situation. That's literally all the improv was. Mm-hmm. And I feel so much more powerful for doing it yeah. and completing the exercises. Really, really like in the beginning of interviews for me, you know, interviews start as early as 15 as for like even a sales associate job entry level. I would research all the questions, line them up write my responses, memorize my responses. And then I would go into the interview. And a lot of the times, because those were lower positions or whatnot, they would work out. They don't go in depth. They don't make the questions generic so that you have to, you know, make a full, well-rounded answer. So it worked for me then. But then moving into college, the interviews started getting a little tougher for certain scholarships, for certain jobs. And they would ask you these very shallow questions to see where your brain goes naturally. And that's when interviews started getting a little tough for me, Um, especially if they did a curveball and they asked me a question that I was not expecting. I could literally lose track of where I am because I was like, this is like a script to me. Oh, snap. You did not ask the question I expected you to. Hold on. Run it back. Like, that's your fault. (laughs) That's on you. That's on you. I was told I just needed to show up. I needed to do X, Y, and Z, say this. But you you switched it up. Right. And now you're not getting it exactly. That's on you. Because I'm just get up and walk out. Because you've thrown me you off. Throw me off my Perfectly game. Go. So, um, yeah. So moving forward, I am having, not having, I've learned over, you know, the course of probably two years now, what my process looks like so I can be more comfortable in the situation. And improv definitely helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about a time where in an interview you felt, ooh, <laughs> felt, Maybe unprepared mm. or maybe like it just didn't go your way. Yeah. Because I definitely have one. <laughs> I have a situation. <laughs> I will say that generally I feel like I'm pretty good in interviews. Interviews don't really stress me out. I'm pretty comfortable. And at the time, especially in undergrad, I felt as though I had a pretty good rap on my personal story. Mm-hmm. But there was this one moment back during senior year of undergrad. I was applying for a marketing position at L'Oreal. Ooh. Maybe you've heard of the brand. But (laughs) basically, I was in the midst of writing my thesis paper. Mm -hmm. And also it was spring of senior year. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, it's an extremely busy period during your life. (laughs) And so I didn't do my normal research. I didn't do my normal due diligence. And that happens sometimes. You might not be able to put 100% towards an interview, towards something that you're trying to complete. And for me, I had deadlines on my thesis paper. And so the night before my interview, I decided to dedicate my energy to my thesis. And so the morning of the interview, it's about 10 minutes before I decided, okay, I'm not even going to cram for this interview. You know, I have a pretty good wrap on my story and let's just pop up and see how it goes. So you did a brief skim 
of everything. I did. Mm, I, I, I didn't even peruse, to be honest. On, I was in the midst of writing a thesis paper on photography, and I decided, you know what? I'm pretty confident in my identity as a photographer and marketer. I'm applying to a marketing position. Okay. Let me just go in and wing it. And sometimes I'll do that for interviews. It was during a moment when <clears throat> I still hadn't heard back about Fulbright, and so for me. Submitting this application was an extra. It was an extra thing. I'm just like, let me <laughs> all just hop eggs in. in. The basket. No, literally, all eggs <laughs> in the full bright basket. And to look, anyway, didn't happen. And so I should probably should have prepared more for the L'Oreal interview. Yeah. Nonetheless, I pull up to the interview and I meet the guy. Let's give this man. His name is Dan. Dan. <laughs> all right. Dan. Dan says, you know, how are you? How's everything? And you know, I give him a little spiel about how I'm in the midst of thesis. I'm you know, really excited to be here for the interview yeah. and just excited to learn more about the marketing department. And he hits me with his first question, which is, you know, this is a question that you really should be prepared for. Why do you want to work at L'Oreal? That's like the... That's a the, basic the generic first, question. Mm -hmm. The first question. So why did you? And, <laughs> and oh my so God. the response there was what I gave Dan in the interview. Wait, wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He Yo, said, this "Why is my do you want to?" This, this is her first time story. hearing this story. Wait. I'm like, "Oh, oh my goodness! Why do <laughs> I want to work at L'Oreal?" I that legit is a good. That's a question. great question. That's really interesting <laughs> that you should ask that. We are in a L'Oreal marketing department interview. Wow, and I don't have an answer to that. And so I didn't say that out loud. That's what my brain is spinning behind the scenes. And so me, I can be very transparent. You know, I'll be very direct and yeah. with a straight face. I said, "Well, you know what." I actually don't know why I want to work at L'Oreal. I'm a photographer, I'm a marketer, and I'm very interested in learning more about the L'Oreal brand. As a photographer, I'm very interested in bringing images that represent people from my community to the forefront. And I feel as though beauty can be a very pretentious space oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And although I don't have a much knowledge of the L'Oreal brand, I would definitely like to use my vision yeah. and elevate it in this space. I gave an answer along those lines yeah. and he said, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> what? Literally looked at me in a straight face and was like, I'm so disappointed in you. And I'm oh just thinking, God. wait a minute now. I didn't ask for your disappointment. I didn't ask for your disappointment. Okay. I get that I wasn't prepared for a basic question. I hadn't done the work, <laughs> but for me, the balls. <laughs> no, oh, that's I, funny. No. So that, that's, yeah. that's where I was at. And so yeah. for me, I didn't need his disappointment. And I was a little taken aback because it was just a question that I wasn't prepared for. Right. I feel as though in that situation, you know what? Oh, well, sorry. You know, I was hoping to hear something else, but mm -hmm. I didn't need to hear that I'm you were so disappointed. disappointed in you. I get it. Whoa. But let's move on to another question. Oh that God. was round one. Let's, let's try this again. Let's try it again. Run and it then back, Turbo. I run it back, Turbo. <laughs> I gave him another response. And so for me, the moral of the story is sometimes you just especially when you're an undergrad, you have a lot of items pulling at you. You have a lot of assignments yeah. pulling at you. And in the moment, I had a thesis chapter due. I really didn't have the time nor the energy to dedicate to preparing for the interview, especially when I had already applied to Fulbright and a few other applications. I decided that I was just going to pull up to the interview and use it as an opportunity to learn about another brand. I'm still grateful that I did, even though I had this <laughs> turnout. Right, right. Me, honestly, if I was the interviewing you in that moment, I would just hit you with another question and just try to get, I would like the fact that you were honest because a lot of people aren't even honest that they just don't even know. And they, yeah, me, I used to part. be one of them, you know, if they hit me with a question 
And I didn't know I would try to wing it to my best ability. But sometimes I look back and I'm like, no, sis, maybe you should have just said, I don't know. You don't know. Because it, to me, that tells a lot about you already on the spot as a person right. that you don't come with this illusion that you have it all together. Right. And that you are truly authentic. And if you don't know, you don't know. But you're here for a reason as well. Right. You and know, you so there's honesty within that. Yeah. That have that but, type of honesty. Mm-hmm, but that that say when they don't know something. That, that question you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? You, the one question that you should have been prepared for. Yeah. The first yeah. question off rip. I'm like, you know what? I really don't know. I really don't have an answer to that question. Um, so yeah, that's that story yeah. about my interview unpreparedness. Something that I should have been totally prepared for. And I would love to still work for L'Oreal one day. Right. I'll do the research. Right. I have more time now. Right. But that that definitely that happened. Yeah. I have to say for me, not being prepared, it happened in a physical sense. I decided to get my hair dyed the same day of my interview. And I thought Risky. I could make it. For those of you who may not be aware of black girls hair, it takes a minute. It takes a minute. And, you know, things can come out different, especially when we try the dyeing process. So I wanted a light blonde. I wanted just a honey blonde and that hair, (laughs) my hair (laughs) came out orange. You guys, I'm not over exaggerating with you. If you want pictures, I will show you the pictures. (laughs) It was a clownish orange, like jet orange. So I went in there and like all black and the business was just all about like, it's all about looks, Mm -hmm. but also about how you present yourself and how you talk, yada, yada, yada. And when I I was sitting in the waiting area, like digging into my knee because I was just so nervous because my hair, it was orange. It was orange. I tried to put like a black wrap around it. And this was the fourth round. There's like six rounds Mm. of interviewing. Okay. So you were already knee deep. You were already knee deep and then you decided to get your hair blonde. Yes. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. So the interview, I'm just thinking about my hair the whole time. And I go into this, I don't, not I don't care, but like put it all on the line. Shameless. I don't know what happened. I didn't even rehearse like I normally do my questions and my answers and yada, yada. I went in and whatever he threw at me, I threw back at him as if it was just a conversation. I was right. talking to one of my friends. So because my my mind was so focused on my hair, it was actually a great interview. Mm-hmm. But then he said, OK, we'll let you know. We'll call you back. And I had the balls to say, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I said this verbatim, I swear. I would like to state the elephant in the room. <laughs> I said that. I, I said that verbatim. Get off your chest. I said, my hair is orange. Mm-hmm. And I had an I'm appointment. So sorry. I, I had an appointment today. It was supposed to be this color and it came out in this color. I just want to let you know that if there's a reconsideration in me being, you know, good for the job that you can reconsider because right. of my hair situation. It's going to be dyed soon. And he said, give me one moment. And so literally I would have lost the job if I didn't tell him that. Cause wow. he told me, we'll just call you back later. So then he said, give me a second. And he went to the back, came back out and he said, when can you have your hair dyed by? Oh my Y'all, I would have lost the job oh my just from my hair being orange and me not just stating the obvious. That's uh, that's so frustrating. No, because really. what that's telling me is that you really didn't even have a chance to convey your case in the interview. That's that's what I'm No, hearing. it was, you know, it was, it was orange. You Robert, it was orange. Mm, no. Come I'm, on. It was, it's a visual industry. It's, come on. 
It was I'm, my hair was orange, y'all. I look like a clown. That's just the way that I'm. That's the way I'm bred. And what, if, what if, like, what are they supposed to say? Um, we can't hire you because this orange is just not going to do. They're not going to tell me that straight up. Right. So it had to be coming from me. Mm-hmm. But looking back at that interview, I did not go unprepared at all, and yet it was one of my best interviews. Mm-hmm. So getting into interviewing, it's really about improving to an extent and just letting what comes in my head flow like right. you did in that situation where I, you were like that, mm, I didn't I don't I know no inhibition right just, I just said right. how I was feeling and the truth that was literally my truth at yeah. that moment yeah and that's the way he chose Rizwan I chose Rizwan in a certain way and you just have to move forward and <laughs> right. proceed the more also the moral of the story of my interview mishap was that he really enjoyed my interview overall obviously there was oh that like first the follow-up question. questions yeah he, he enjoyed all of my responses yeah. I had I had answers for every single thing he threw at me after the first question wow and so I bounced back hard right and came correct and Same. I just have yeah so yeah that yeah. was just one question like and our, that one yeah. question didn't define my interview experience and my hair them. did not define it sure didn't because he said look <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that elephant in the room. Right. Please. But I think it's really about going in there with all honesty. And that's when you leave a mark on the person. Because at the end of the day, the person who is interviewing you, they're just trying to find the person who fits. Right. And they're just trying to understand a different perspective of you outside of the paper itself. Another thing that I was watching a minute ago was... You know, this lady was saying how she was in the process of hiring people on her team for this job that's like a a wonderful opportunity to work with her, Issa Rae. And she said people would come in and they would be so nervous and in their own head, right, about being right for the job. But really, she said on the other end of the table is just someone who wants to find the right person so desperately. And so for someone to just get out of their head, they can see that. They can literally see a person who can come in confidently and just say what's on their mind, even if it's, "Mm, you know, I don't really know yet. To me, again, if I was interviewing you, that would be exciting out of all of the interviews I was going through and people trying to, right, there's exactly that. There's a lot of people who are trying to put up these fronts. And so after grad, as we go out into these streets and into these interviews, we just got to put it out there and not even look like, or try to be like something we think, we think, I want to like emphasize that, that they want and just get out of ourselves and say, I believe Mm -hmm. that I am what they want. And so therefore I'm just going to, talk my talk, walk my walk. And yeah. then I have, the resume is just proof in the pudding. It's proof in the it's pudding. It's just a little extra proof whipping cream concept. on top. Right. And it's not even always about trying to <clears throat> prove to them or to somehow impress them or say what they want to say. I know that's not what you were harping on, but I know that there are people that have that mentality. I need to go into the interview and say what they think I should say, or what I need to say what. Right, but if your heart is in it, you'll naturally say well, what they're the wanting point. to hear. Exactly, but being authentic, I think, is what exactly. we're trying to say. Just knowing that story, knowing your experience, and just conveying that in authentically as possible mm-hmm. when you're doing the interview and not trying to impress them and let that connection happen authentically. Don't walk into the interview and try and read a script that you've memorized prior or research something that one of your interviewers might have said sure that might be able to help you but moral of the story is just knowing the role knowing your experience and the value that you can bring to that particular role and just being shameless and authentic and excited about the opportunity to even communicate in that moment with them just being able because it's such a rarity sometimes when you can share your vision with someone who Mm -hmm. was also 
a creator or someone who's also excelling in the profession that you're trying to get into. Right, exactly that. And if it's not coming out naturally, I have a I have something to challenge people with as well. And I had to challenge myself with, is this position even really for me then? Mm-hmm. You know, can I really authentically speak about this or am I really putting up a bluff because it's actually not who I am and that someone this is actually meant for someone else right. who can come with it exceptionally and authentically more than I could. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was another position I applied to and it definitely was not for me. And so I went in that interview. It went well, but it wasn't. No, it didn't even go all that great because I knew I was lying to myself. I knew I was lying to that person. During the interview or afterwards? Yeah, during the interview and after the interview. And that made me like, I don't even care for a response because I know that's not for me. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even harp on it authentically from my heart. And if that's what's happening, Mm -hmm. then I look at myself and I'm like, do you really... Is this really needed? Now, sometimes it's needed for the time being for money's sake, right? Money's sake, or just to learn more about yourself. Maybe you need to go through that interview yeah. to listen to those questions, give those responses in the minute right. and be like, oh, wait a minute. They but were asking of, all these things that right, I don't even care about. But instead of hitting the books and thinking, okay, so even though this is not in my playing field, let me do research and let me create that script. No, now I look at it as, okay, this is most likely temporary, but why is it so essential in my temporary moment right now? And, I, and when I look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. I can come up to the interview very authentic of why it, it means a lot to me right now to have this position, right. even though it's not something I see myself in the future doing. Right. So in terms of stepping outside your box, answer that question, well, why are you stepping outside your box in this sector mm-hmm. specifically? Right. Um, and if you can connect it back to, I guess, your personal story, then maybe go for it then. But if not, don't don't waste the time. Don't waste the energy trying mm-hmm. to pursue that interview. If right. there's a reason as to why you're stepping outside of your zone of influence, your zone of expertise, yeah. then then do it. But if there's not, you're maybe just doing it for kicks and giggles or you yeah. think that, again, going back to what society is expecting of you, if that's the reason that you're doing it, then maybe take a moment and understand that that's just not meant for me. Yeah, I can even I can speak on that. Um, my senior year. Yeah, senior year, I applied to be a server and something that's not in my alley at all. Um, It's in the hospitality sector. It's not in fashion. It's not in international relations. It's not in business. It's not in accounting. Um, And I, to be honest, I needed, I wanted really quick money. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then I asked myself, why is it, why is it essential for me to have that quick money right now? And like, what can I learn from, I did then ask myself, even though this is not in my sector, what can I learn from this sector that can influence or, you know, bring my edge to the table as I, when I do decide to apply to the things that I want to, uh, that I see myself doing in the future. And so my answer, so that's why I was able to do well in the interviews was because I was just authentic and they were like, you know, your history and you're like your college years, you did a lot of retail, um, finance stuff. Why mm-hmm. all of a sudden you want to work hospitality. And I told them that I really honestly want to explore the side of getting to know a person better, spending more time with them. And hearing where they're coming from and then actually taking that in. Because again, guys, I told you earlier, I'm a very mechanical person and I wanted to figure out if I can be more than such a mechanic mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's so um, who's so critical and overthinking everything and who can just be better and more flow in conversation and be more authentic and mm-hmm. show people that I have an authentic side. And I told them that verbatim. Right. And um, so therefore I got the job and I'm so grateful for that job as well, because guess what? That's the exact side of me that I got to explore and I got to realize, oh, I can be, I have my own way of in conversation because Mm -hmm. 
I'm shy, guys. I'm really shy. Um, I have my own way of converse, conversating with people and it still works. It right. still works for me. I can still get tips from it. Um, and people still admire me as a person as I so admire them as a person as well. Right. So yeah, get outside of your comfort zone in jobs as well as you make your way to that dream you want. Mm -hmm. I think it's essential. And again, it can bring out another, another side of you. I feel like we can, we as aftergrads can stand out mm -hmm. even with the low level, first level jobs, you know, sure. how we can yeah. stand out is bringing that authenticity to the table is something that can always be applied that can make you right. have that stand out. Because you effect. might not always have the experience to, to lean on, you know, just being authentic. Right, because like, I didn't have the experience. That's the, they literally right. asked me, they said, we don't see you, you, you don't yeah. have any history. You don't have any this history. This is your history. first serving job right. and you're trying to do a four star hotel. And, I mean, four star restaurant. And there are so many people like you that exactly. are Exactly, so like what industry. makes you different? And it was my authenticity in that moment that got me the job, right. guys. Like. It can be something completely out of your zone mm -hmm. and just bringing forth what truly stands out to you can right. stand out to them. Always. Yeah. And so do you think that from the interview experiences that you've had, because I know I've learned a few lessons, especially from like the L'Oreal incident, yeah. in terms of good interview scenarios, are there moments where you're like, okay, I killed that. I did really no, well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm going to have that soon. And so yeah, you will. hopefully when I get, yeah. And these jobs that you've already applied exactly. for, they're going to get back to you. Right, right, right. Take all these tips and tricks My perspective has completely process. made a 360 within these like past two years on what an interview is supposed to embody. And now to me, it's just right. a conversation. That was just about to it say, it's a conversation. It legit is just talking. a conversation. Yeah. I'm not even putting, and if it doesn't work out, no pressure. Right. Like, it's okay. As long as I got to show my true side, because I would always come out the interviews like, okay, I made it by, but they don't really know who I am, right. you know? And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm working on. And as I enter these interviews, that's what I'm excited to show. That's great. No, for me, I definitely, as I said earlier, I think that's always how I viewed interviews. It's just a conversation. Right. I go in. Also, I might be the interviewee, but I'm also gaining the perspective that I'm being—I'm the person doing the interviewing. I'm the interviewer. It's a two-way street. And so I'm going in with questions already, as most people do nonetheless. But I want to see if this place is a right fit for myself. And so there is one moment, going back to the original question about have you had any good interview experiences where you were like, I killed it. So it was that one. It was that Honestly, one. Honestly, it was yeah, that one because I you. came wholeheartedly with the truth, with or without mm -hmm expectation of getting the job or not because right. again i just wanted something for temporarily mm -hmm. temporary purposes but it ended up serving a long lasting purpose that i carry with me even mm -hmm. after no longer working for them anymore sure so i know I, I know it's not in my career field mm -hmm. but now as i go into these interviews i i'm just applying the same thing right but this time now what's even cooler is i, I actually have things on my resume that show i have experience mm -hmm. in these areas so it's going to be authenticity and experience mm -hmm. at the same time. Beautiful. So we'll see how this works out. Do you think you're less mechanical in the interviews now? Like I think from I am. those experiences, I th you know, this able podcast, to just talk randomly. Yeah, this podcast of alone mm -hmm. is honestly exercising It's a whole experience that. in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, the fact that there's a camera right here as we're having a conversation. So again, that job really helped me learn how I can, my version, my style of conversing with yeah. someone because my I don't really enjoy small talk at all and so in order to get a person to feel comfortable sometimes you just expose a little bit of yourself or right. ask them a question that you know makes them like oh that perplexes me a little mm -hmm. bit and then you get to see how they think as well right so that's now how I maneuver through conversations for those of you who are wondering mm -hmm. and that's connected if you to really wanted to too. know because <laughs> everyone has different different perspectives yeah. and different ways like you were saying of communicating and so just taking 
whatever your communication style is and allowing it, it to show. Yeah, you have to learn it because some there's That's introverts, there's extroverts, there's introverted extroverts, there's yeah. extroverted introverts. There's and so amnoverts. Amnoverts. I consider myself an amnovert. Right. Now. And so you have to yeah. decide where you get your energy and learn mm-hmm. where that comes from so that you can apply that in interviews because interviews can be draining. Having and a so, conversation with any human being can be, be draining right. as an introvert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it can be tough. And so you just have to be able to, what can I do to just get through it? But then also not just get through it, but do it well. well and leave a mark on that person. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a heavy task. <laughs> it's a heavy task. There's lots to consider. But we're learning. Yeah, it's, we are. It's coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't had an interview in a really long time. It's I did be. one interview for this freelance position. It really wasn't even an interview. <laughs> you'll have those moments sometimes. You'll be... In your head. When thinking, you really start thinking it's a conversation it's a, for real, for real. Right, like, right. Because you really apply that right. lesson. You might do it too hard. You might right. think it's a conversation you get, too hard. You're like, and then just hold pull on. up with a cute hoodie <laughs> and some sweats like I'm in now. And Don't listen to him. Yeah. No, no. Still, you don't present yourself as, as you want yeah. or as I guess you should in an interview. But for this particular situation, I knew it was very lighthearted. I feel like in the freelance industry people understand that that's your sector that's my sector and so it's more about what can you do how does your mind operate there's not so much of this visual presentation presentation exactly and so there was this one gig where i just pulled up very casually i had i think i was wearing a cream turtleneck that day and some green corduroys and i think that fit was cute but nonetheless i wasn't pulling up in a suit and tie and everything like that and we just had a conversation (laughs) and times have changed i'm so grateful that they have (laughs) but the man gave me the job on the spot period and that's when you apply the conversation method just think of it as literally a conversation for those of you who are probably thinking what do you mean like that it's easy to say it is harder to do yeah just at least if, I, I really hope my story helped you out a little bit because I was that person who was like, y'all extroverts are the ones who are saying it's just a conversation, yeah. but it's so much harder mm-hmm. to me. I used to think it's so much harder. That means maybe find something that can bring that side out of you because for me, it was a serving position and then now putting myself in other situations such as like public speaking. For me, gotta... it was being a tour guide. If I can reflect. Oh, okay. Yo, because we have, yo, we have a fellow introvert in the room. Don't we get do. him twisted. Yeah. Don't get him twisted. For I would real. say I'm an extroverted it. introvert. That's the you're way amnivert. that I... am Amnivert. Okay, that's okay. That's perfect. Both. I'm an amnivert. And yeah, so for I'm me, a learned amnivert. You're a learned so amnivert. You had to learn it. It wasn't built in. I had to learn that extroverse side in yeah i had to locate it and it was hard (laughs) searching for it it really was a difficult process but i found it i figured out what works for me Mm -hmm. and it's not a tour guide i was a tour guide yeah yeah and i did that see that's literally a method just to figure out to pull that side of you out yeah yeah because especially in high school in college i figured it out i figured out how i can be extroverted when i need to be extroverted Mm -hmm. or hold a conversation when i need to one way for me was being a tour guide. Obviously, you got to speak. You got to talk. Yeah. You got to give the tour. Right. And so <laughs> I I placed myself intentionally in that position so that I could become a better public speaker. And it worked. I was yes. so, And I loved it, too. It was so fun being a tour really? guide. Telling Thinking on parents, the spot. Improving. Yeah. Improving. Yeah. Thinking on the spot. You get a different person, a different vibe. You get a different energy from the people that you're giving the yeah. tour to every single time. And I loved answering the questions. There is somewhat of a script. You know, there's lists and items right. that you have to give the, up for the, the tour the, the pinpoints. but same, right. same for serving like of we have course. the pinpoints that we have to make sure we have to get across yeah other than that you get to add the meat yourself right. you get to infuse your personality into the tour and there were multiple times where i would finish a tour and you know people i it would make me feel so 
heartfelt about the situation, about the tour that I gave, people would say, oh, we really loved your energy. You gave such a fun and engaging tour. Mm. And for me, I just never envisioned myself receiving that type of comment because in the past I was so, you said mechanic, I guess I could have been somewhat mechanic, but I was just very to myself. I was very reserved, very timid, but I figured it out. I figured it out. And the few, the past me, yeah, I want to clarify mechanic, timid, shy. I categorize all all of that together, kind of together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mechanic in the way is like what came out Mm -hmm. ended up sounding just very like, uh, 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 this, this, this. Right. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for that. But Uh taking the experience from the tour guide position really enabled me. It's about the improv really, because in the interview, again, you can predict, but you have to be able to just talk about the list that you kind of have been building, the story that you've been writing mm-hmm. on the back end, mm-hmm. not in a script format, but just right. on the fly. No matter what this... angle they throw at you, you know how to take it and be like, oh yeah, that still applies to me because right. da 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 One yada. thing you do to me that catches me off guard, but it's good practice, you'll just ask me random questions about my interest or my passion or my vision with photography or just random quick questions. <laughs> I do that. There's just I like, do that with my I'll be, I'll just be in my zone and you'll be <laughs> That's like, so my tell version me of small about talk. your small talk. That's well, my like version it. of small talk yeah. because I don't like small talk right i love getting to know people for who they really are because sure. then that makes me as a shy person comfortable to come out and who i am mm-hmm. so that's how i get comfortable with the person because right. you know that shy process i have to knock her out like i have mm-hmm. to get her out and so in order to get her to come out she comes out when people show their true selves right. and so i was like how do i get there quicker so it's asking people questions so a lot of people in my life they're like why are you always asking these questions mm-hmm. and it's just like this is how that's I the come way you out. Communicate. This is yeah. yeah. So that's why I do that. That's but okay. <laughs> also, as a friend, like I just want to keep my friends challenged right. at all times. That's important. I want them to be ready for those interviews so you they can do. pull up and pull over and be pull like, pull over. Yes. Listen, this is who I am. This and is da, 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 da. Yeah. And then when you're caught <laughs> in the moment too, and if you don't have an answer, please take note of take that. Note I know and I take write note of it. I'm like, oh wait, I stumbled on that, but I need to know mm-hmm. the answer to that question. That's so simple. That's a good practice. It's great practice, especially in the moments where you're not expecting it because it'll happen. Yeah. Because that's literally what the interview process is right. you have somehow prepared mm-hmm. leading up to a moment mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden there's a random question exactly. asked that you didn't structure in your head the way that it was asked exactly that was a lot but no 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 no, no. I, i'm right there no with i know you. exactly I know. But no the, so yeah. like have those those friends in your life for for instance if if none of our experiences apply to what you feel comfortable doing whether it be a tour guide whether it be a server whether it put yourself in public speaking situations whether doing an improv class You have the bare minimum. I'm sure all of you guys should have the bare minimum of having a friend who can simply just ask you a question. And that's that alone is a start, you know, Mm -hmm. talking to my friends, expressing to them who I truly am, having that person you can confide in Mm -hmm. and just share all of your all sides and facets of you is so essential in just starting the basis and getting that confidence to then try applying it to other situations that can bring out that side of authenticity. Yeah, no, definitely. So you can then kill that interview. kill that interview kill it right and i feel like the moral of the story in regards to interviews is for me i'm gonna speak personally but i do think it applies to most people not trying to impress that person on the other side of the table you, not, you taught me that yeah not it's not about impressing yeah. the person that's interviewing you again I'm so stressed about that yeah because when you eliminate that elevated persona that you've placed onto the person interviewing you you're able to just step forward and be on level playing field mm-hmm. and just talk to them. They just happen to be the person who's recruiting you. Right. And you can just give your true self in that moment mm-hmm. without any fear or inhibitions about how they might take exactly. your previous experience. Exactly. You might have had a five year break from the work industry. Cool. Let's right. talk further. That's, right. that's Don't let that hold you back. Right. You might have taken some time off. You might have taken a gap year. 
cool, but how are you thinking? Mm -hmm. What are you doing on the side? Be patient with yourself as well. Everyone has a different pace with bringing that side out. You know the method, you gotta figure out your process and then finding the process comes with time. So different timing for everyone in terms of discovering that side of them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, again, some of us may not have found what speaks to us and what our passion in life is yet. Mm -hmm. And so be patient with yourself. Maybe you as well have not had that moment in an interview where you felt so empowered um, because you're still on your journey of first, figuring out who you are, second, figuring out what you stand for, third, then making action towards it, and then fourth, coming out about it, mm -hmm. right? So that is a different process for everyone. Right. We are on our- And you can only do that when you're trying new things. Exactly. As we led this episode with, it exactly. starts with trying a new activity so that you can learn a new facet of yourself right. and then bring it into the interview process, but then larger than that, bring it into your personal narrative yeah. because you find what excites you. I never really saw myself doing an improv workshop, but I totally can see myself going back because I just felt, I feel like empowered is overused sometimes, but I felt very amped. I felt as though I was watching the confident self that I desperately wanted when I was a child perform mm. in front of the people who were also participating wow. in the improv workshop. And that could really bring me to tears because that type of confidence and that type of freedom is what I so desperately searched for mm -hmm. when I was a younger child. And yeah. so being able to just in such a safe space too, the workshop leader was great. so good at creating a safe space for people to just be free and to just mm -hmm. live and to just perform. It's such a privilege to be. And I feel like that's how actors kind of convey that message too. It's such a privilege to be able to perform in front of people. And I felt like I was able to participate mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. And I want to take that type of mindset into this podcast, into my future endeavors. And so that's right. an example of how those new activities can enable you right. to do that. Right. And make sure you have that freedom wherever you are in, in the interview room as well. Right. So I'm, I'm really excited for these interviews coming up. Yes. Um, nerves. I That was a big thing. Ooh, can we talk about that yeah, for a second? Yeah, let's talk about nerves. Ooh, I could feel my heart thumping mm. before every interview. But now when I go, the closer, the more interviews I've been doing, that heart rate is starting to get, you know, less. Right. The cadence is You can dropping. control it a little bit more. In the, I can I know control it a little bit more. When I get nerves now, I know it just means I really want it and that the passion is there, right? But before it was more anxiety nerves mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure if my story was going to be right for them. And so now that that sense of nervousness is leaving, I could tell the difference between my nerves. I don't know if you guys can, but maybe I've been inside myself so long that I, like, no, I, definitely, I know the difference. As someone who has experienced a lot of nerves and anxiety in mm -hmm. different moments, yeah, I definitely you know, know the, the difference. So that side of anxiety is fading and that, mm -hmm. that person in my head that's like, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. She's going away and it's like Bye. you were saying, it feels freeing, mm -hmm. it feels it's a level of freedom where interviews don't even scare me anymore. So now I'm just like, you know, either this works for you or, you know, something else will work for me. <laughs> no, literally Hi. with a straight face. Like, Hi. It, it was such a pleasure. Yeah. It was such a pleasure getting to know Great. you. Great. Yeah. Thank you. We'll be in touch we'll soon. We'll keep in touch. Yeah. And it either works or you get to watch me work. Okay? Right. Watch me work. <laughs> period. That's all period. And that's really the moral of the story. With all with that being said... There's nothing <laughs> left to say, but right. be 
you. Right. I feel like Be that's you. the moral of majority of the stories mm-hmm. around us that and surround us. But we're just trying to give different angles on how that can look like for you. And today was the interview space, which is a common space that we're all about to enter into. Yeah. Or maybe some of us listening in has already you know, have and you are in this. Right, right. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your stories, your right. embarrassing moments, I'd and your great moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those moments of success. Success and failure. Because mm-hmm. through it all, we are still after grad, just right. winging it and trying to adult the best way we know how. Right. And to just find our space and our place. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Aftergrad Podcast, a show where we unpack the Aftergrad journey. Definitely be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Aftergrad Podcast. There you can also find our visual version on YouTube, my favorite, so you can see our visual interactions as well as listen and tune in on Spotify. Yeah. And also leave us a review if you really enjoyed this episode. Like, comment, and subscribe. Yep. And we'll see you in the new year. Be safe. (laughs) Take care. And this is the Aftergrad Podcast. And don't wait for people to validate you. Don't wait for people to validate you. That's another mindset that you can have when you enter the interview. That's what I try to do. That's what I always do when I'm entering an interview. I'm not looking for you to validate me. I'm going to validate myself. Knowing your worth. You got to know it with or without the job, with or without that opportunity. If yeah. you're not getting that scholarship, you not getting that job could be and very well may be the biggest blessing right. of what will be 2022.